We've all heard of assumption closes, or if you haven't, we're going to talk about it. But what about assumption coverage? Welcome to the Medicare Marketing and Sales Podcast, where we give mediocre Medicare advice to insurance agents. I'm your host, Mike Katorna. And again, you may be familiar with the assumption close, and this is where you assume the client or prospect is going to enroll in the policy you've been discussing. This isn't necessarily a bad thing, because most people don't call insurance agents because they're bored. There's typically a need there, right? Very few people, if any, have been sitting at home thinking, man, it's all reruns on, you know, nothing good on Netflix or Hulu, whatever they watch. I'm going to call an insurance agent and have a conversation about Medicare coverage. No, there's no main concern there. So the assumption closed, if used properly, isn't necessarily a bad thing. It could be very useful. My assumption closed was, I always called it assumption with verification, which was, we could have this coverage start on February 1st. Does that work for you? So I'm assuming they want it to start, and then I'm asking for verification if that works for them. And again, that worked for me. Maybe that or some variation works for you, or maybe you have your your assumption closed down. And again, if used properly, can be very useful and not very forceful on the client or prospect. However, when it comes to fact-finding, you could also make assumption coverage and this is where you assume they have a certain level of coverage already and i like the basis on the concerns or the questions they're asking me when i'm doing a fact-finding session so for example what life insurance do you have in place notice i'm not asking if they have life insurance that's asking for verification do you have life insurance i'm assuming they have life insurance because you know, they're getting close to end of life. So it's no longer what, it's like, excuse me, it's no longer if you have life insurance, it's what life insurance you have in place. Or another variation being how much life insurance you have in place, which is a little more personal. But point is, you're assuming that it's already in place. Or if they're talking about cancer and have concerns about cancer, you could say, other than your current Medicare policy, what other coverage you have in place to offset chemotherapy and radiation costs? And your client may be thinking, well, I don't have any. And that's the point of it. You know, if you as an insurance professional bringing up a line of coverage that and assuming that they have it and your client and prospect do not, it can create that importance of, man, that's something I should be thinking about or con- or considering based on the fact that this insurance agent is just thinking I have it. So I should probably look into it or at least have a dialogue about it. Now you want to watch on the frequency that you do this. You don't want to do with a whole series of products like what life insurance do you have in place? What cancer insurance do you have in place? What dental insurance do you have in place? What this, what that? And for some coverage, it doesn't work. Like for dental, it's a very simple product. You could simply say, do you want dental insurance with that? Just assume they don't have it and ask if they want it. And even if they have dental insurance, you know, if they have a Medicare Advantage plan with a dental benefit built in, you could ask, you know, is that enough? You know, is that two, three thousand dollars you have right now, is that can cover everything you need done? And have a dialogue there. So again, there's different ways to have dialogues about various forms of coverage that aren't over the top and pushy, where your clients can be turned off and not want to talk about it. And of course, how you present it, both in your tone and you're asking the questions, will set that mood. However, there is one instance where you, it doesn't really, it can work, but I don't advise using it, and that's with long-term care. 
So when it comes to long-term care, it's a safe assumption that the vast majority of people you talk to don't have any, right? Because most people don't. It's not a very commonly sold product. There aren't many products left out there anymore. And if they don't have it, it can be very expensive when they get on Medicare. So that's why we've seen a huge raise and a huge influx of short-term care products in the market because long-term care is too expensive, both for the insured and the insurance company. So short-term care is much more feasible. So you want to pivot off long-term care and talk about short-term care. So this is where you could ask, do you have a long-term care policy in place? And the client may say, no, I do not. And you can say, well, a lot of my clients don't. And you know, when they get to Medicare age, unfortunately, it becomes very unaffordable and hard to get. However, a lot of my clients don't want to go to a nursing home, right? They want to age in place and either push off the nursing home as long as possible, if not altogether, but they understand that they will need extra funds to do so. You know, it's nice to have the assistance of family and friends, but sometimes you need that outside care and you may have other concerns where long-term care could help, but again, it's too expensive and hard to get. So let's, you know, I would suggest a lot of my clients have taken on a short-term care policy to help age in place. Let me go ahead and email you some information on that and take a look at it. Now, that was kind of a long explanation. I would probably shorten it down to something where, hey, a lot of my clients you know, now have short-term care, which is similar long-term care, but easier to get and cheaper or more affordable. Let me email you some information. And the reason I'm pivoting off of Long-term care is talking about short-term care is a plant that seed, but I don't want to get in the conversation necessarily every time with that client. If you're there to talk about Medicare supplements and or Medicare Advantage plans or some other primary coverage, you don't want to bog them down with too much information. So this is a perfect way to plant the seed for a subsequent appointment. And when you say, let me email you some information, it's going to take the pressure off of them thinking, oh man, I have to have a conversation about this. This sounds horrible. I'm already, you know, it's already clear as mud about all this Medicare stuff. Now I got to look at, you know, home health care and nursing homes and all this. No, take that kind of panic situation away from your clients and say, look, let me email you some information on that. And then, you know, I'll, I'll follow up with you later. Okay, great. And now they're like, oh, phew, now I'll talk about it. However, if they're interested and that's a like big concern of them, they may ask, well, no, go ahead and, you know, can you give me, a high level overview of it, or, you know, they may prompt you to talk about it right then and there. Now, of course, you may be limited by the scope of appointments. So you can still have a conversation about it, but you can say, look, let's, you know, let's plan talking about that later. Cause you know, that can be a very intense conversation or that, you know, there's a lot of ways to look at that. I would suggest let's take care of your primary Medicare coverage first, and then we'll come back and look at that. And a lot of clients, you'll find, will say, great, let's do that. So you're taking the pressure off having them to say, you know, thinking they're going to have to say yes or no to all these products, and you're still planting the seed. So that's just one suggestion on how to do that, of course. Do what works for you and you feel comfortable doing that works for your style and technique and methodology. But the point is, you could talk about all the other lines of coverage you have based on your fact-finding session, assuming they have coverage or thought about it based on the concerns they give you, and then for the stuff they don't talk about that you know is important, like short-term care and long-term care, plant that seed, 
with a, hey, I'm going to send you communication either via mail or email or however they want to receive the information. And then you're going to follow up on a subsequent appointment or a subsequent dialogue with them about said product. So I think it's important to incorporate this because now you're not, your clients aren't expecting a, this is a one-time thing. You're going to roll me in Medicare and that's it. We're done. You're setting the stage for subsequent appointments sub, and or subsequent conversations and establishing that relationship. So look at your appointment, kind of script it out. I'm not saying use a script, but script it out and see how you could do the assumption coverage and planting a seed for a subsequent conversation based on what works for you. So for more information, go ahead and check out medicarepodcast.net. Lots of resources on there. Uh, don't forget to check out lead concepts. You know, if you are looking to get in front of more people, by ways that haven't been burnt out yet, i.e. phone calls and emails, you know, those have been burnt up by call centers and email by everyone. Well, look at the mailbox because I don't know about you, but my mailbox still gets stuff every day. Not as much, which means it gets more attention. So definitely check out leadconcepts.com for more information. And until next time, have fun, make money, and give impeccable service.